0: I'm live here once again. In Your Head Wrestling Radio presents The Jackie Jones Show. That would make me Jackie Jones. Hell yeah. Now normally this show is always free for all the live folks out there. But I usually then put it uh, for members only after it's live. So all the fine folks of the Headyverse who help support the channel and help support the website can check it out. Now every month or so, I'm going to do a live version for all the folks out there so they can understand and see uh, what you get if you help support the show. So this episode will be free for everybody live and afterwards. So help and um, get this out there. Hit the like button and subscribe. Join the membership and help spread the head and share it out all over the social media pages. All right, so here tonight, I am going to go over... It's a big night of wrestling here, Saturday, July 5th. It's the 6th, technically, right now. I won't get... uh, Look, technically, I would still say it's uh, Saturday. Technically, it may be Sunday, but if you're up all day... It's still that day until 5 a.m. Now, if you go to sleep and you wake up, then it's the next day. Those are the rules of time for Jackie Jones. And if you disagree, then, I mean, you're wrong. I know some uh, opinions can't be wrong, but sometimes they can be. Happy Saturday, peeps by Travis Sandel! Happy Saturday, my buddy, my pal, my amigo, my compadre. So... Summer slam. Now I used to get, uh, the peacock for free because I, uh, on my cable and, uh, then they stopped doing it for free and it's like five bucks. You know, that's cool. But because I had it for free so long, they offer it to me for three bucks a month. So you can't be I will say I've seen people say, I'm not going to pay for this anymore. But honestly, if you're a wrestling fan at all, because I'm not a huge WWE fan. I don't even watch the TV show. But if you're a fan at all, uh, three bucks is is crazy. But this is the world we live in today. That the idea, now think about this. When you were a kid or you're in your 20s and you'd buy a pay-per-view, it was like 50 bucks. Maybe back then it was 30. The idea that you could pay three bucks a month, you get all the pay-per-views. You get every wrestling show that's ever existed. You get all these other specials they put up there. You get uh, other shows for three bucks. I mean, come on. If you watch if you watch one thing on there, you're paying for it. And I'm not here to be the spokesman for, for WWE, but, I mean, come on, folks. It's three bucks. Um, and, and at the most, I think it's five bucks. Uh, without ads, maybe it's more. But anyway, SummerSlam. Now! I am going to, first of all, say something that's um, not defending me. It's kind of almost an attack on myself. Now, because sometimes I'll see people, and I've done this myself, they'll say, so-and-so's on this show, and I'll be, who? Who? And so I'm kind of guilty of putting that out in the world. I think I was really the first person to do it. I know, I think someone on Conan's show does this, but if you check the archives, Look it up, folks. I've been doing it for almost 20 years. So I'm guilty of this. But there comes a point. So if you never watch AEW, if you never watch New Japan, if you never watched any of these shows, Impact, and in my case, I don't really watch WWE anymore. So the point was if a guy is out there who's been wrestling for five years or under and he only wrestles on a program you never watched, you really can't be like, who? Because that's on you at that point. Otherwise, they're only supposed to hire, you know, guys from when you personally watch wrestling. So if you have if you stop watching wrestling in the 90s, which some people I know have, you can't be like, who is this guy? He's not Sid Vicious. I don't know who that is. That's not Das Wunderkind Alex Wright. He's just a bum, this guy. The point is, obviously you don't know who they are if you never watched your show. So I'm just gonna put that out there. Because there's some people on this show, especially in the Battle Royal, I had no on, I, I had no earthly idea who they were. Now, is that is that the WWE's fault? Can I be like, they've got these guys on here? i never heard of No, I know it's my fault because I stopped watching the television four or five years ago and only watch the pay-per-views and now I've I've got a, I've got kind of out of the habit of that. I've not watched the the show since WrestleMania. So, anyway, so I'm putting that out there as a not an excuse, but I'm just saying I I'm going to judge this show on how I felt, but also in perspective that I'm not someone who follows the show every week. So, if you follow it every week, you know where the storylines are going. You know the characters better than I would. All right, so SummerSlam. <clears throat> I will say, someone I do know very well is Booker T. I've known this guy, not personally, but I've known of him for, I don't know, what is it, 30 years? God, that sounds crazy. But I the first time I saw him was in global wrestling. Uh, the Ebony Experience, great tag team. I was a huge fan of the team. I was really happy when they had their big shot in WCW. Uh, and then they moved up the ranks. Became, you know, perennial tag champs. And then Booker T became world champ. And I was into all of this. Went to WWE. He had some really memorable stuff there. Five time, five time. Loved it all. The King Booker. More of a comedic character. And I like that. He went to Impact. And I really think he coasted. And I think, I think anyone would probably, if you really look at it, it's probably true. And But whatever he went there for the money and all this stuff, comes back on and off wrestling and stuff, spin a Rooney, all this stuff, great stuff, becomes a commentator. As time goes on, gets a little annoying. Now, anytime I listen to him, I'm starting to think Booker T could possibly be the most annoying man in the world. He never says anything funny. He says really dumbass stuff about quack, quack, uh, duck, duck, shucky, ducky. I'm like, what in the hell is this man talking about? And he's laughing hysterically at his own stuff. It's not good. Plus, these pre-shows, and I've been saying this for a long time, before I quit watching, they're horrendous. And I said the same thing about uh, one of the AEW ones because they started to go this route. On a pre-show, if they have matches, I enjoy it. If it's all this fake roundtable stuff where they're like talking and... Like, the, you know, they're not breaking character. And I, I don't expect them to be out there and say, this guy's a good worker and this guy's booked to win. Obviously not. But when they're sitting around for an hour, uh, you know, giving their predictions on this show, and probably all Marty knows you win stuff, it's rotten. It's very rotten. So I should know this by now, not to watch these. But every, I look at the time, says it comes on at 7. I get home at 7. i think thinking SummerSlam's going to be on And I get this damn pre-show. It's horrible. Alright, so we get some, a little bad mood. But we get, and then I see Kid Rock's going to be on the show. I'm like, good lord, Kid Rock. But, we get in the show, Logan Paul comes out. A guy I have no earthly idea about besides he has a following on the internet. And I go into this match not wanting to like it. But! I'm the most honest man all podcasting. And I have to say, this was a hell of a match. Very fun. Uh, Logan Paul for, you know, a non-wrestler, even for a wrestler, but for a non-wrestler, he's doing all this crazy stuff. Now, I will say people go too far and say he's a better wrestler than like 90% of the wrestlers today and stuff like that. That's not accurate because he does a match or, or two a year. And I remember RVD talking about this back in the day when people would just, like go crazy over the stuff Shane McMahon was doing. And yes, it was impressive and it's fun to watch. But you have to have some perspective on this. Shane McMahon would have one or two matches a year. He didn't have to wrestle the next day. Uh, normally, the wrestlers, especially back then, were wrestling five, seven days a week. Even today, they wrestling multiple times a week. Or even once a week, but every week for years and years. If you have one match and then you can go and do whatever you want for months... You could do a lot of crazy shit and then go heal up. I remember his very first match; he like broke his body apart. He shattered. Well, I don't know about that far, but he he like tore stuff, and so he could go. He could go uh, recuperate for another match. So all I'm saying is, yes, he deserves credit. I think he obviously loves wrestling. He's um got he's got a lot of uh, charisma, a lot of personality, a lot of ring presence. Can do a lot of cool stuff, but. Don't go overboard. The guy's not, you know, uh, Harley Race. He's not Ric Flair. He's not even RVD. He's not the greatest wrestler today. He's not better than ninety percent of other people. He is its own thing, though. He he is he's got a following. Um, I recognize that. I have no idea who he is. If if I knew about him before. I'd probably be even more interested going in. I wasn't interested, but the match won me over. I know Vic Chavoni's uh, daughter Faith is—you know, she's infatuated with the man. This is like you know James Dean to her. It's like the Beatles. She's you know, screaming, getting up in the air, and you know, I'm sure if I knew who he was, but I don't know. I'm an old dude. Like who the fuck is Logan Paul? And probably people watching like, what are you living on a rock? Well, kind of. But all that aside, him and Ricochet um, just put on a great match. Again, anyone out there, I've heard people who, uh, you know, just go on and on about all the flips in AEW, but also put over Logan Paul. This match was very much like an AEW match. Tons of dies. Not just AEW, though. That's what I want to say. Modern wrestling has lots of dives and flips, so if you don't like that, that's fine. But you can't pinpoint one promotion who does it when it's really all of wrestling that does it. Um, the arena looked amazing. The place was packed, well lit. It's a cool setup. I don't really know about you know using this '60s rock tune or not '60s, but this you know whatever. That's fine. And it was like all these cars. I didn't really understand that. It was like a Matchbox ad. But uh the show looked the show looked great. It, something that I even noticed in this match and then I thought, well, it's my imagination. There felt like uh this weird fake crowd noise, like this just roar all the time like ah the whole time no matter what was happening. I was like it just seemed off, but I could see the crowd was was into this match. I'm not saying the crowd was into it. They were they were pumped, they were throwing babies in the air, screaming at all the spots. But even in between all the cheers, there was just this roar. And as the show went on, it became uh, more obvious. They have this weird, and I don't really understand the point of it, uh, fake crowd noise. It, uh, reminiscent of when they had the um, Thunderdome stuff. Not, not the old Mad Max movie, but the Thunderdome era of WWE during COVID. And they had that fake crowd roar. And like I least understood the necessity of it then. Today I don't understand it. When you even you have a hot crowd, and so it just adds like more noise, and it seems weird because most most of the show is really hot. So you already have real crowd reactions. You don't need this weird roar. It really became uh, it became obvious really right away for me. But um, later on in the uh, Shayna Baszler match, where everyone was just sitting there, but there was still this And then like, you could even hear the, the like a guy going boring one dude yelling over this roar of the crowd. It's very weird. Very weird. Um, again, uh, I haven't watched WWE for a while. So hearing all the, uh, all their catchphrases and terms that people don't use, even just like universe is very, is very weird. I never really got used to it anyway, but being like out of it for a while, very strange. Uh, Logan Paul was... uh, So, apparently, the ring announcer is Ricochet's real-life lady. And so, Ricochet, at one point, was out there, like, you know, teasing her, like, I'm going to beat up your man, blah, blah, blah. And the commentator's like, oh, man, you know, he's going to take his woman. That was pretty fun. Uh, Logan gets tons of heat. and I know when they first brought him in, they tried to have him a baby face, but apparently, he's like a heated guy on the internet. So, he gets a lot of heel heat, so that's the right move to have him as a heel. Uh, just very exciting. Lots of really dangerous flips and dives. I'm not anti-dive and flip, so I like this. It's, it's fun to watch. Then I really thought Sami Zayn uh, came in and passed Brass Knuckles to uh, Logan Paul. And I was like, what is happening? Last time I watched WWE, Sami Zayn was the most over guy in the show. He was the hottest person in WWE. Maybe the most over wrestler in all of wrestling. Now not only does he not have a match, He's given, he's given brass knuckles to Logan Paul. But no, he wasn't even on the show. Uh, it was just some guy, I guess, like some roadie or something. Uh, so anyway, uh, I actually like the finish. I uh, I know some of our, ch- our uh, live chat, which we do a live chat on the Facebook group, IYH Wrestling, and uh, some of them didn't like the finish. I like the finish because it was classic heel, using the brass knuckles, and... I, as a not as a purist, because I, I like to do modern wrestling, but I do like the idea that a non wrestler has to cheat to beat an established wrestler. So Ricochet has given has trained his whole life and is in WWE, and he's the babyface. He shouldn't he shouldn't get out wrestled by a guy's only had a, a couple matches. So I'm not saying to make Logan Paul look like a total bomb, which he didn't. But to have him cheat to win, I like. I like that. So, a good finish, in my opinion. Uh, The next... So, then we had a cool uh, video package for Cody and Brock. WWE's the best at this. AEW's finally starting to do some more of this stuff, which is a big plus. But, uh, especially for someone like me, it used to be when I watched all the shows, I would get a little annoyed by all the video packages. Because I'd seen them, uh, you know, all the time. But... When you haven't seen it for a while, it's a big plus um, because especially today's pay-per-views, because it used to be you had to go out of your way and paying 50 bucks for this. The odds of you never watching anything besides a pay-per-view are probably pretty slim. But now on the on Peacock, um, you kind of have to also use – it's weird, but you want to use uh, the pay-per-views also to promote people to watch your TV shows, which is, is kind of backwards of, of old-school thinking. But you also have to realize that some people like me might not watch the show, so they're going into these matches cold. But if you had the video package, um, you you get the gist of why this match is important. And so and I kind of knew it anyway. But um, this was nice, uh, Cody and Brock. The the third match, the rubber match. I like this. This is something that kind of got away. It's real just basic storytelling stuff, but I, I noticed a few tonight and on AEW, you know, the idea of we've got to win the rubber match. That's just like real classic sports stuff. You would normally only do a third match if the first two matches were split. You know, one guy won one, one guy, the one, the other or girl, there'd be no point in doing a third if someone already beat you twice. So I, I like this, um, Brock Lesnar and, um, Cody uh again so you know I don't like how Cody laughed blah 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 but um I will never not like Cody's a wrestler I think he's fantastic uh this was just an awesome match Brock is fucking Jack beyond belief uh he looks like if you really look I'm not a guy who's who's who hates anyone who's 200 pounds or even a little lighter. I like a mixture in wrestling. That doesn't mean I don't like a great big badass guy either. I think it's best when you have a nice mix of of, uh, wrestlers. And no one looks more impressive than Brock Lesnar. If you really could just sit and carve, like what is the best looking wrestler? I don't mean he's handsome. I don't say he's ugly either. But just body-wise, the way he moves, when he carries himself, it would be Brock Lesnar. As I said in the chat, Brock Lesnar to me is like the warlord was good because the warlord looked awesome, but he was not good. He I remember watching his matches as a kid, and I was a guy who watched everything, but it, if it was him versus like the anvil or something, it would be like, I don't want to watch this. It's just these guys like hitting each other forearms uh, and no, no personality to speak of. Uh, You could kind of hide him. You could hide him in the tag team. That was fun, but singles guy. But Brock Lesnar, so he's got that fucking massive look. Can move. He looks like he's killing folks. Uh, He can do power moves to the giant guys. I love it. It's awesome. And then you've got Cody, the the ultimate uh, baby face. A A little sickening. A little sickening. He gets on my nerves, you know, Every you know, everything is melodramatic, but you know wrestling, a lot of stuff is over the top. But he comes out there with like this all this gear, and he's kissing the babies, and I'm like, oh my god! But the match starts, and it was uh, it was awesome. Uh, just a real bad beat down by Brock. Just real perfect storytelling. This is long term storytelling. You got Cody. You thought he was going to win the world title. He wins the Royal Rumble. He wants to win the title. The title's father never won. He doesn't do it. I honestly thought it was the right the right decision. And looking back, I still think it's the right decision. Because then afterwards, instead of immediately getting a rematch, like some people thought, he's got to work his way back a year later. Now, it hasn't happened. Maybe that's not what they're doing. But I, I'm predicting that's what's happening. So you spend uh, – Most of the year, you know, the rest, not the rest, but months out of the rest of the year, half of the next year versus uh, Brock. And then, you know, then I I assume this will be the end of the Brock feud because they shook hands after and you never see Brock do that. Um, I personally think the next one will be um, with Randy Orton because there was an interview where Cody really put over Randy Orton as a guy to help them. And they have got the history and legacy was him and Ted DiBiase, which I know I don't think we'll probably see. And uh, Manu, which you never hear about. And uh, so I think that might be the next feud if um, if he's healthy enough to uh, come back and do and wrestle Cody. So then you could do that for the next three months. Same thing, just real basic stuff. Uh, Cody wins or Randy wins, and then the rematch, the other one wins. And then the third match, you have a gimmick match, uh, to see to see who wins the feud, and then you, that would probably just about bring you to the Royal Rumble. You tell a story. Cody wins the Rumble again, two years in a row. This is his second year in a row to do what his father never could do. By then, you're also doing you're you're coming to the end of the bloodline stuff, you know. He beats Jay again, Roman. Maybe uh, maybe the other guy turns on him, the blonde dude, whoever. So, fresh matchup, the rematch, another story to tell. And uh, this is, that would probably be the time for Cody to finally win the world title. We'll see, though. That's just what I, what I think. Who knows? I don't know. It could be something completely uh, that no one even sees is happening. Hello from Johnny Video's hello mr videos mr johnny it's johnny I like this guy travis sandow it's saturday to me saturday night's all right for travis saturday night's all right uh we had a battle royal and uh, i feel bad but i don't like i don't want to keep saying i don't watch the show very much but but uh, i didn't know a lot of the people in this um and some of the guys I did know, like I was I used to be a fan of Rick Boogs. The few times I saw Boogs, Rick Boogs. And I remember seeing him last year in the Rumble and I was like, "Oh wow, I like I really like this guy. He has a lot of potential." And he was one of the first guys thrown out like he's a nothing nothing. Um, they really built this around almost. I will say almost has definitely improved since I've seen him. Uh, I really thought he was the absolute pits when when I last time I saw him. And he's not good. Don't get me wrong, but He's not as embarrassing as he was. And uh, I like the idea of the big guy in the Battle royal. Again, that's basic uh, storytelling. A lot of people need to throw him out. Maybe you could just have him win. The thing is, they always taught. used to be, when I was a kid, Andre the Giant won all these Battle Royals. But then it became like, oh, man, it's the big guy in the Battle royal. How is anyone else going to you know, win? And then they would always get thrown out. And when's really the last time a big giant guy won a battle royal? Like what? A big John Stud at the Royal Rumble in like uh, 88 or something? Like seriously, no one no big no big giant guy ever wins a battle royal. I think it's time to start having him win. So if you if you want to do these battle royals uh, on the pay-per-views to get everybody on the card, why not have almost win them? Um it gives him a big win. And it's not like a a big singles victory over someone who's, like, good or something. Uh, Have him the king of the Battle Royals. He wins a bunch of Battle Royals. It's too late now as he lost this one. But um, why not? Then it would be a big deal when someone does throw him out in a future one. It would be an easy thing to do. Uh, But we had L.A. Knight win, um, who... uh, Crowd really into I know fans they're huge L A Knight fans and I know a lot of um, old wrestlers are too like Steve Austin wanted to come back to wrestle him mean, so I don't know a lot about him on, uh, I feel bad saying but um, I saw a lot of potential there I remember some other guys that people talked a lot about and I saw him and I was like oh, I don't really all right I guess but but L A Knight has has a lot of uh, star power too so um, who's the other not Enigma. Not question theory. Theory was a the guy everyone said that, and every time I saw him, like I don't think he's bad or anything, but to me he's just like very, like he's just a guy. He's a okay wrestler, very average, average at everything. A guy that is fine at everything, but doesn't stand out anything to me. So I never got the the hype for him. Um, Karrion Cross, I honestly, he's another guy everyone was, uh, you know. Going insane for, and I saw him, and I was like, he's fine. I, I don't know. I don't really see much in him either. But uh, La Knight is the guy I do see a lot him. Uh Rousey versus Baszler, and I was actually looking forward to this because I thought the build was good. I think the storyline's good. I like the idea that you know Baszler is like always like like underneath uh, Rousey. People would say, ask her like, oh, that nice that Rousey brought you along to wrestling. I like all this stuff. I was a big fan of Shayna Baszler and her NXT run. I liked how she worked like the body parts. Uh, It was a different style of wrestling. I really liked Ronda Rousey's uh, debut match. And I like a lot of her stuff. Even people didn't like it. Her last run that I've seen, what I've seen has not been very good. Uh, So this is an MMA rules match. And I'll be just honest. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, Usually fake MMA stuff's just bad. Because wrestling itself is supposed to be what MMA would be if it's real, right? I mean, the guys are of any type of background or in there and they're trying to win. So why would it be different? I guess the idea is like you can't use the, the very, very mild differences. You can't use the, you can't break with the ropes stuff. So they went in there and they just did a really boring uh, fake. MMA match, which for some reason looks way faker than a wrestling match. It's kind of like when they do fake boxing matches; it always looks so bad. And uh, this is just bad. The crowd hated it, but then you still heard that weird roar roar, of this weird like uh, crowd, this fake crowd roar. It really was obvious in this one, but uh, even a boring chant. And I felt bad because Baszler was there with the big like. She gets the victory, which I, I was happy about. I like Shayna Baszler, and she's up there celebrating. All I could think of, like, you know, in her mind, she probably think this is leading to something else. But I think after this match, it's not gonna lead anywhere, because I think, uh, you know, people in the back, are like, oh, well, we can't really do anything with her. You know, unfortunately, it might not all be on her, but it's this style match. I don't know. This is not good. Plus, I don't know if Baszler really has it to be a big ba- a big babyface. I don't know. I like babyface versus uh Rousey, maybe. But even that didn't work here. But I don't who else would she be a babyface against on the regular show? Um, Gunther and McIntyre is really looking forward to this. I'm a huge Gunther fan. I like Drew McIntyre too. These are two big badasses who are very physical, and I like this style of wrestling. I like, again, people think, I, I like just these flips and stuff, and that's not really true, not really my preferred style, but I like that too. I, I like, I just like to be entertained by wrestling. And um, my preferred style would be this just physical guys, you know, meat on meat pound, and, but guys that can move. I don't want to just see very slow, ponderous, like a Mark Henry just hitting a dude with a forearm, and not even like really stiff. That's not exciting at all to me. But these two big guys who are going all out and just really hitting each other, uh Sheamus fits in with these guys. I love it. This is the kind of wrestling I like. Uh they really put over uh, Gunther having uh you know getting closing in on uh the longest title reign. Um which is cool. I know some people are like, "Oh, he can't beat Honky. I love Honky Tonk man." But I mean, look, you have to realize Things progress, and I'm not I'm not against Günther beating the record. I love Günther. I've been a fan of his ever since I saw him, you know Volter days. Got himself lost a ton of weight. Honestly, when I first saw him after he lost weight, he was a little shocking. I was like, I don't know if I um if he has the same appeal to me anymore. But still, the same wrestler in the ring, and uh and and good for him. Like much much healthier lifestyle. And he looks out. He still looks. And he still is a big dude. So uh, great stuff. Um, one thing though, cause I, I assume since Vince is back, they have to say, uh, they start saying, uh, sports entertainer a lot and you know, I just always kind of, whatever, it, don't really think about it too much anymore, except for when they were saying about Gunther, like Gunther, you know, wants to be the greatest sports entertainer, you know, live. And I'm like, come on, like of all people, you can't say Gunther wants to be a great sports entertainer. But, yeah, uh, Bob Cook, great somersom. Well, this match was awesome. Uh, Gunther and Drew McIntyre, two big dudes just pounding each other. Very hard-hitting, very physical. Uh, You know, it's the kind of wrestling I like. Uh, Big Gunther fan. And Drew McIntyre. I hope Drew McIntyre – well, I hope he does well. If he doesn't stay here, I hope he goes somewhere and is used well. But um, get rid of the sword. I don't think a guy carrying a big sword – it's just kind of silly, cause like, what's he? What is he supposed to do with this? You gonna cut a guy's head off? But yeah, I love this match. Um, I was just say might be my favorite match. This or uh, the Cody match, probably my favorite. This might just be my favorite. I loved it. Uh, so then we had uh They showed a thing for the Seth, um, Rollins uh, Finn Balor match. I was just like, what in the hell is Seth Rollins wearing? It was like this uh chainmail like gown or something. I don't know. I don't understand the Seth Rollins character. But it's it's super over. Everyone loves it. I just see him, I think, why do I don't understand it? He laughs like the Joker and he wears goofy stuff. I don't get it. But it who am I to argue the fans are going nuts for it? He came out there and he just stood there for like two minutes as the crowd like we're just going nuts for him. So I was like, okay, I guess they love the guy. I thought it was funny. Uh Finn Balor comes out and he's got seven written on his on his uh shoulder. And uh Michael Cole said, Well, his tattoo ripper." I was like, that's a tattoo. He got he got that terrible tat that terrible writing tattooed on him. But it wasn't. It was just marker or whatever. But uh but, but he did say tattoo, and I was like, what the hell? That's worse than the Cody Rhodes tattoo. But, uh, no, it was cool because seven years ago, uh, Seth Rollins beat um, Finn Balor for the uh, Universal title. does not seem like seven years ago, does it? Uh, crowd was, like, just so into this. Uh, and then, um, so it started off, I thought it started off, honestly, kind of slow, but like a classic match back in the day. It built, it built, it built, and then uh, then I was into it. Honestly, I was, I was thought it was kind of boring to begin with, but uh, it really when they start having you know all the shenanigans going on, matches picking up, uh, Damian Priest comes down there with the uh, Judgment Day, has the briefcase. You think maybe he's gonna cash it in or whatever, but actually, um, Seth Rollins curb stomps. Uh, Finn Balor on the uh, on the briefcase for the victory. Then we had a I know it's just a, like an ad, but my God, was this this horrendous? Uh, it was like some kind of ad about Mike oh uh, Mike's uh, Mike's hard lemonade, and it was like Otis and they were talking about the definition of of Mike and I was like, I don't know what the hell this means, but it was bad. But I mean I understand it's was a commercial for lemonade, but Good Lord was that bad. Uh Charlotte versus Asuka versus Bianca Belair. I'm a huge Charlotte fan, huge Asuka fan. I I will I will admit Bianca Belair is a great is very good in-ring wrestler. I cannot stand her. She comes out throwing the hair, skipping, and she just seems very uh pompous and unlikable. I don't really understand how she's a babyface. She seems like she should totally be a heel. I don't. I don't like the character whatsoever. Um, they did a, a spot where honestly, because it, it was it was smart because they they show they threw Bianca over the top. You heard the the smash on the uh, ring steps, but they didn't show it completely. So in my mind, I thought it really was worse than it was. And I'll be, Bianca was selling it well. It's Like, oh shit, she did get hurt. They take her out, and then a little bit later she comes in. So it was a playing spot, but. Th- I'm not here to to like, aha, I'm so brilliant. I'm just saying they did a good job. I really thought, you know, she was out of the match. Uh, So she came back in, and I was kind of surprised, She, you know, she wins the world title. Bianca wins the title. And then immediately, uh, what is her name? Uh, Io Sky uh, runs in with the Money in the Bank. And I thought it was for sure going to be one of the few times someone cashes in Money in the Bank and loses. But she cashes the money in the bank, she hits her with the hits her in the leg with the briefcase, hits her in the head, gives her the uh, moonsault, and wins. I'm not a fan of money in the bank. Uh I think it's just played out. The first couple years it was fine, but it's basically the same thing now for like fifteen years. Someone has it. And like this, they just run in and use it to get a a quick victory, usually if they're a heel. If they're a babyface, I think a babyface winning it is worse because a babyface should really um, overcome to win the title, not just run in and cash it in after someone had a grueling match. It is more of a heel thing. And I'm not saying the idea is bad. It's just we know what happens every year. It's an annual event. So it's like an ongoing angle every year with two people now, with a man and a woman. And I just I've not liked it for a while. The ma- I like the match and I get all the idea, but I, I just don't really like the angle of someone has the money in the bank; and can just come in and win. All right. So then the the big reigns match, the one I was waiting for. Uh, obviously, a great storyline. The the blood the the uh. I can't remember the name of it. But the uh, you know, who's the the head of the table, the bloodline, the bloodline angle. You've got uh Paul Heyman as the wise man. You've got all the the stuff going on with the family members. Uh so good for J Uso. I never thought I've always been a Uso fan, and I never thought ever the Usos would be main eventing a pay-per-view either as a tag team or however. But never, would I've ever guessed, Jay Uso would be in the main event of not even like, a, you know, like a secondary pay per view, SummerSlam, one of the top five, top three or four, whatever they are now, uh, pay per views, in a huge show, uh, doing gangbuster uh, ratings, uh, successful on every level, versus Roman Reigns. Never thought I would see him main event. I really thought there's probably almost no shot that he would win. Not only, not even just the idea that Jay Uso would be world champ, but you spent these uh, years now on building Roman Reigns as the champ. Um, the payoff being Jay Uso beating him, I didn't really foresee that happening. Um, and I, and even as big as SummerSlam is, I, I assume it'll probably happen at WrestleMania when it happens. But I mean, who knows? That being said, all that being said. The crowd's into this. Uh, You have all the storyline. But these matches are just not for me. Because I think they've progressed, revolved, into something that doesn't really even... This is more something that doesn't resemble wrestling to me than a lot of modern stuff that other people will say it's too much flips and and all this stuff. That still looks like wrestling to me. It might be a little different where I can tell the guys are, are working together. I will agree with that. But this has uh like evolved not the typical storytelling of a match where someone gets heat and they and they come back and and all, and all, all the all the things you know baby face gets uh the heel gets a heat on the baby face he makes his comeback then he they cut him off and all these things it's not so much a storytelling of a wrestling match it's this weird storytelling of like it's like a a physical soap opera which again people say that's what wrestling is anyway but um, it involves, like, multiple people and just people being pummeled with weapons. And, and this is what the Roman Reigns matches always are lately. Like, that Sami Zayn thing, that was great at the time, but this is very reminiscent. And I just don't I just don't get it. I don't really enjoy it. um, I don't think it has much replay value. Like, I could watch old wrestling matches from when I was a kid, and, like, they're fun to get into, and you can still get into them as a match. I don't know if these things would you know in twenty years from now or ten years from now if you'd go back and watch this match just out of place without watching all the TV would it would it hold up? I don't think so. I think it it it's just I, I don't think without knowing all the storyline and stuff, these work as matches. I really think it's just evolved into some other thing where it's uh all one big – it's almost like like a, a TV series, like Breaking Bad, where you can't – now, r- normally wrestling, you could watch those matches out of order. Now, you're going to get more out of them if you watch a bill and everything. But you could still watch them out of order, enjoy them. But uh, series today, like Breaking Bad, you can't go – I'm going to go watch episode two of season three without watching everything else. It makes no sense. And I kind of think all these uh, bloodline matches are kind of like that. It's a series of of a story as opposed to a match, and uh, I don't know how else to explain it. But they don't. They just don't really work for me. And again, I recognize it's working. Um, the ratings are amazing. They're doing uh, every every way you can like. Uh, you can rate either like the TV, the pay-per-views, their ad rates, all these things I understand are through the roof. So I'm just saying it's not for me. I don't really get it. I don't enjoy it. I enjoyed the storyline, but when it gets to matches, I just don't really like them because they're not uh, a match that, that, that I know of as a wrestling match. It's just like this big – they'll start wrestling and then it breaks down to to like people standing, just standing there and – talking and it's like am i gonna do this are you gonna do that and then beating people like just beating them over and over and over with chairs and then like you know you're just waiting to see who's gonna come out and what's the next swerve and uh I don't like it it's like a weird it's like a play of some sort instead of a, a wrestling match but again uh the crowd loved it and that's um at the end of the day that's what matters maybe this is the evolution of what wrestling will be so uh, that was SummerSlam. I can't say it was a bad show at all. Honestly, the only match, I like that match didn't work for me, but the crowd was into it, so I can't. I would never say it's a bad match. The only bad match would be uh, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. It's uh, really uh, interesting that Becky Lynch and uh, Trish was not on the show. Now, that was a built match to be on the pay-per-view. And to think, Trish Stratish, a real a real legend in wrestling, uh, one of the most famous women wrestler of uh, the, the previous eras, come out of retirement. One is like a uh, a, a regular wrestler now, wins the title, and is going to face arguably the biggest women f- uh, current draw in wrestling. At one point, I don't really think anymore, but there was one point she was a legit draw, Becky Lynch. And that didn't even get on the show. They cut it from the pay-per-view and put it on SmackDown. It's really, really interesting. Um, I would think, like, if you went through the show, you could have cut a couple minutes out of uh, I'm not saying there's really any match you just cut out, but you could probably cut a couple minutes out of some of the matches and at least put this on the show. Or put even put one of the other ones on the pre-show. Put the Battle Royale on the pre-show. I don't know. But I- I'm surprised it didn't make it here. Ah, uh, so AEW collision tonight. So big, big night of wrestling. I watched SummerSlam DVR collision right after SummerSlam. I turn on collision collisions, my favorite show of the week and uh, another, uh, great show. Uh, last week I was happy to see, I'm not a ratings guy. I don't really pay attention, but I'm happy if, when something does good and, and I get like, I want the shows to continue. So. Um, I was happy it did really, really, really well last week, its biggest ratings. Uh, this week it will not because it's up against SummerSlam. But people like people think that means no one watches the show, and I don't think that's accurate because, like myself, uh, I watch it on DVR, and that's how most people watch stuff today. Or maybe not most, but a lot of people watch stuff today. Uh, this show, so last week we were wondering, like, man, we got all in coming up. We got all out coming out. Back to back, no matches. They're really going all in now, uh, promoting these matches, which is great. So we we found out a couple matches tonight, which I'm really excited about. Um, I love the how Collision starts very old school wrestling. You have the promos that um, are putting over the important matches, like the two big matches tonight, and then you go into the uh, into the the you know the the actual intro. I like all that. We start off with two guys that I'm not big fond of, Big Bill and Brian Cage. And I'm going to give these guys all the credit in the world. Um, they've improved vastly. Big Bill's in the best shape I've ever seen him in. Brian Cage, always in great shape. But he's showing more uh, charisma, more personality in the ring, better f- uh, facial expressions. I also think he's been taken uh, to heart criticism of doing all just doing all the lucha moves and the flips and he's actually working like a big man uh with a couple uh moves a couple flips that's cool do a couple of them in the match it's impressive and then uh big bills really works like a big man and this is a team that is completely different than any other team in AEW. so we've got a few you know high flying guys we got the pure wrestling teams like ftr uh, we could kind of, I don't know if you put pure wrestling, I mean, maybe like pure wrestling with the Bullet Club Gold, and then you've got the Acclaim, which are uh, just great, you know, uh, charismatic guys on the, on the mic. you got the Young Bucks, which is uh, high-flying guys too, but can also do other other styles. But you don't have the the classic big monster team, and now you have one. And so uh, FTR really knew how to tell uh, work with these guys and tell a story. Uh, that you know, the, they kept getting their moves thwarted because these are big dudes they couldn't hit them on them. I like that. Uh, they had to resort to cheating a couple times, like um, Big Bill had uh, cash. I think it was cash in a in a bear hug, and he had to like bite him to get out of it. Just basic stuff was really good. Um, is it Cash Dax? No, Dax had a Loverboy Dennis jacket on. Loverboy Dennis Condry. I don't know where he got that. If that's actually uh. Dennis Condry jacket from back in the day. That's pretty sweet. There was a weird move. Uh, Cage went for a press slam on Dax, and it just looked like he just threw him on top of himself for a pin. I didn't really understand what what happened there. Um, They went to do the shatter machine early on Big Bill, but he's just too big. Uh, Just did a great job. They did a great job even in losing, of putting these guys over as as big badasses. So even though they lost, because I think you could argue, and I would argue this, it's probably too early to even do this match because uh, they're starting to get over and maybe you'd want to build them to a title match. But I understand because you got the big pay-per-view coming up. But you could definitely do a rematch down the road. So I hope they stay together and this isn't the end of uh, Big Bill and Cage. I do not like the name The bat- the Battling Buddies. Um, I guess like it's a play on the old wrestling buddies. I don't know. It's not a good name. It's corny, and these guys shouldn't be have, like, a cornball name. Uh, I believe it was Cash's mom was in, in the front row. She kind of no-sold Bill when he's yelling at her and beating her son up, but then she did slap him, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Bill did a great clothesline, really, really strong, powerful clothesline. I like that. Uh, nice uh, hot tag to Dax. Uh, on Collision, there's, they, they actually are doing hot tags. It'd be something I, I noticed. Like they don't really don't have Doom and Wrestling lately anymore. But on on um, Collision, I see a lot. Uh, great punches. I noticed Dax throws great punches. They did the old top rope bulldog uh, that the Steiners used to do. Um, they hit that a cage for near fall, and then. Um, there was an awesome move by Brian Cage. So Brian Cage has, um, I think he has Dax on his back, like for like airplane spin kind of thing, and then uh, Wheeler dives off with a body press and he catches him. And I, I know he's a big guy, but these are not these are not tiny guys. These are like two hundred and thirty pound, two hundred forty pound guys. Uh to have the one guy in the back could catch the other guy. That's really that's really impressive. Um, they did a, uh, combination where cage hit a choke slam. I think cage, hit, no big bill hit the, the choke slam and cage hit the jackhammer. I thought, honestly, I thought maybe we we're getting a surprise title switch. If it wasn't for the big match coming up to all in, I don't, I don't think that would have been a bad idea to do a surprise, uh, title change here. And then, you know, maybe FTR win it back, but because we do have the big match coming up, I think this is the right move, but it was a good near fall. I actually thought maybe they would win. Um uh, a <clears throat> big boot from uh, Bill for another New Year fall. Uh they went for the uh the doomsday device, but they, they broke that up. We had this is awesome chant. And then uh and then we had the shatter machine for, for the pin on uh on Brian Cage. Really great match. The best match by far of uh of Big Bill and Brian Cage's career that I've ever seen and just a, a continuation of great tag matches by FTR and great stuff on, um, collision. And then we go to the promo and, and, uh, I remember the other week when they were, they were booing and Dax was kind of thrown off, but not tonight. Crowd was into it. And, and these guys knew what they wanted to say and really got it out there and they put over all the great things they've done. The the trilogy, the trio, the trilogy of matches with them boys, the Briscoes, the, um, the two out of three uh, match. I went almost an hour with Bullet Club Gold, beating these two big bastards. All this great stuff. One thing they need to do. They need the Young Bucks. the f- The final match. They have wrestled twice. They split. They split up. Bucks won one. FTR won the other. Got to do it. Last time. Who's the best tag team, and what better place to do it? Wembley Stadium, awesome! This is a huge match for Wembley, and they needed some big matches, and they got one here. We already have Adam Cole, MJF. I'm looking forward to, and um, FTR, and uh, Young Bucks. And I think the people who talked about like how they why didn't they ever do this? They, you know, they were idiots. Never doing the third match. Uh, they would have never had a bigger platform to do it than, than Wembley. 80,000 people. So honestly, they would could have known that back then, but in the long run, it, it turned out for the best to have this match, uh, coming up now, uh, bullet club, gold promo on the back. I'm a big fan of these guys, the whole group. I think, uh, it's really helping the the guns too, being with, with um, Jay white and Hart and rock hard. Uh, it's a good group. Uh, Mercedes Martinez versus Chris Stantlander for the TBS title. It started out, and I was like, oh, I don't know about this, because Martinez was throwing, like, really weak uh, elbows. I was like, wow. And then immediately after that, she started, like, doing really cool-looking palm strikes that were hitting and did through some good punches after. I was like, oh, all right. Maybe it was just there were some weak strikes at the beginning, and it, it I was like, "This, I don't know about this. But it ended up being really good. Uh, she did a spot where she almost like a fish hook, but with, like, the nostrils in the mouth, which I kind of like that. Um, Mercedes Martinez and the, the ref, uh, you know, put in, uh, stop that. Uh, it was good commentary because, um uh, I think it was honestly a mistake by Statlander cause she's supposed to have the bad knee, but then she did like a dive and then she, uh, did a backbreaker outside the ring on her own, on her own knee. And I thought that was really smart of the commentators to kind of save that. Uh, cause they're like, Oh, she sacrificed on her own knee to try to, uh, to hurt, um, Mercedes, and I thought that was a, they do that a lot on collision. Uh, They either will explain stuff that you might not understand, or maybe even put a little excuse in there for something that might not work. So uh, really good stuff on the commentary team there. Really nice uh, back rope, uh, a top rope back suplex. Uh, Mercedes Martinez with her legs were still hooked on the ropes and did on Statlander. Really nice, very, uh, really physical. I like that. She went for a Fisherman Buster. Mercedes went for a Fisherman Buster. And uh, Statlander reversed into like a twisting uh, Fisherman's Buster. That was cool for two count. Uh, There was like a wheelbarrow spot to get reversed. And I honestly think um, Statlander didn't kick out. She was supposed to kick out at two, but I don't think she really did. But, uh, but anyway, it wasn't supposed to be the, the finish. But then there was a weird uh, botchy, like the end was kind of botched. Because like Mercedes Martinez, she was going to go for like some kind of forearm. But it was like real slow motion. And like it was clear she was missing. And then Statlander rolled her up and did a bridge, which was nice for the pin. But uh, it was unfortunate because I actually thought it was very good until that weird end. It was just kind of botched. Mercedes Martinez said uh, she kicked out. She was, you know, screwed out of this match. Uh, Diamante ran in. I'm not really sure who she is, but uh, the re- the commentators stole this anyway. And so you think she was going to help out, but instead she joins them. Uh, Mercedes Martinez then beating down Chris Statlander. That was cool. And then uh, Willow Nightingale comes out to save. And so uh, that sets that up. Another thing on collision: people usually save people. They don't just sit there and get beat down forever. Uh so you know a lot of people talk about uh the women's division AEW. I actually think it's approved uh leaps and bounds. Um I don't know, Willow Nightingale's great. I'm a big fan of Tony Storm, uh Statlander. I don't know. I think uh they've got a lot better people than they did. Uh Tony Storm promo backstage, she's like very hysterical. So it was a little on the cornball side for me. She had her hair in rollers, but it was kind of fun. Her and Tony Sto- uh, T- Tony Schiavone. Samoa Joe versus Serpentico, Joe just comes out and fucking destroys Serpentico. I was like, hell yeah, no, that was pretty sweet. I didn't, I didn't, I don't need to see Serpentico in like a long match with Samoa Joe. This is what you needed. And they they put over as the fastest match in Collision history. No, it's only like eight episodes in, but uh, the fastest match in Collision history. And uh, Joe then cuts a promo. And Joe is super over with this crowd every week as the babyface. I'm starting to think you just go full on heel with Punk. He's going to get the split audience anyway. The people that really like him are going to cheer anyway. But uh, you try to force him as a babyface. Tonight's angle, maybe that will help out. But if not, I say just go with it because Punk is a fantastic heel one of the best heels of modern wrestling so it's not going to be like a detriment but Joe they love Joe I love Joe I'm, I'm glad to see Joe do, doing well and it's a really great promo calls out Punk for Wembley and he talks about the legacy of Punk versus Joe and a roll up is no way to end this, end this a legacy we need to continue this and I was like this is good stuff I want to see it final match Samoa Joe See ya, Punk. Wembley Stadium. Now, the only problem for me is he's calling him out as the champ, and he's got the title match later tonight. Kind of tells you who's winning tonight. You don't, I mean, he's fighting Ricky Stark tonight. Punk didn't, uh not Joe didn't say, I want the winner of uh, Punk. Ricky Stark said, I want the champ, Punk. At all, at all, I get uh, some my issue there. But besides that, great stuff. But I assume now we won't be getting the uh, Punk versus the Elite. It does give me hopes because then we have All Out the week. Is it the week after? Does All In we get Joe? Joe Punk is great. Does something on this show set up for All Out? Punk versus Kenny Omega. Or Punk and FTR. I hope so. We got to do it. Don't pussyfoot around this guys. Man up. You're getting paid uh, millions of dollars now. Y'all resign. Be men. And uh, do the match. Oh we got an Andrade video with the mask. This is fine. No Miro tonight. um, Which was a little weird. Because like it set up last week. But. Uh, we had a claim sit-down interview with Tony Schiavone. They still had Billy's boots. Uh, Billy, uh, They're saying that Billy told them uh, he blames himself for them losing the tag belts and also blames himself for them lo- not winning the uh, trios uh, titles. Uh, Bow- Bowens was crying during this. So I assume this is going somewhere. I, I can't imagine we just never see Billy Gunn again. Uh, I-, I hope he, you know. Maybe it comes out for one last match, his retirement match, and Wembley. The three of them, the three of them versus House of Black. I don't know. We'll we'll find out. Um, House of Black versus uh, Darius Martin, Big Shoddy Lee, and uh, Action Andretti. Now all three of so this this starts them, and I'm kind of rolling my eyes. It's like it's like basically the three J Browns. Why why? Last week they were tagging with Vikingo and lost. So why would the next week they get a they get a different guy and get a title shot? So six manga people have never wrestled before have have a title shot. Now the match itself I actually really enjoyed. It was fun, but as a as a title match it's ludicrous. Uh, the House of Black rule sucks. I like House of Black. Actually, I think they're more v- motivated on uh, collision. House of Rule stuff just dropped. This stuff it sucks. Uh, for everything about it, like the house rules. Why do they? Why do they give a special advantage to their opponents? Why would anyone do this? Um, so they're like, you got to kick Julia Hart here out. So I think they're heel. The, the House of Black are heels, but they give the Babyface is an advantage. Like, why? And then they overcome anyway. Um, the stupid stuff going on in the Tron sucks. The idea that just three random people can just walk out, never tagged before, and can get a title shot sucks. This thing sucks. And I like House of Black. But I mean, like the... The Acclaimed worked their way to get a title shot, but then why if three guys that never even tagged could just walk out and get a title shot? It's it's not good. It's not good booking. Why? I mean, this would have been really easy fix. You could have had these three guys, Darius, Shoddy Lee, and Action uh, Andrade. They could have had a match last week or a match this week. Don't do this match this week. They could have wrestled three other guys this week. They win. You say, oh, now they get a title shot next week. Okay, that's fine. At least they won a match. But three guys who never wrestled together before just come out and they get a six-man title match. It just sucks. It It makes this title seem stupid. And it's a title that I like. I actually like the idea of a trios title. But not if you don't have a division of trios guys and you just do random people. That's not good. Uh, But, that being said, very good match, as a match. Very good. Uh, Great hard knees. Uh, Brody was super over with this crowd. Uh, These guys are basically baby faces. The crowd loves them. Uh, Lots of, like, tossing people around. It was kind of weird because they did this big toss, and Brody Lee just... So the uh, Buddy and Malachi toss the I don't know who they who did they toss Andrade and and uh, Brody just nails him. I was like, wow, that was a pretty sweet finish. Uh, no, it wasn't, Buddy. It was um, Shoddy Lee. I mean, it, it wasn't. Uh, so let me re- let me rephrase this. It was Buddy and Malachi. They tossed Shoddy Lee into into and Brody just smashing the dude. And I thought it was over. But then Andrade does a 450 splash for the breakup, which I'm saying that's a cool move. But it's ludicrous to use that move uh, to break up a pin because those extra rotations honestly takes another second. And it's like, you why would you do this big fancy move in, when you're urgently trying to break up the pin? It's 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 just too much. It, it and th- that extra stuff didn't add. It took away. It, it made it look kind of just stupid. Uh, but yeah, lots of crazy. Uh, lot, I like the stuff just throwing people around. If uh, Andrade uh, uh, action got like launched into the uh, into these great double knees into the face, and then into uh, the was slot for the pin. So as a match, is very good. I just don't. I don't like the House of Black rules and just random teams getting title shots. And then just out of the blue, they announced one of the biggest matches on Collision next week. Punk and FTR versus the House of Black for the trio's title. That's an awesome match. Very exciting. But, like, wow, how did you get no build? And uh, I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it. But I definitely think that would be something you could have built weeks of television to. Pretty cool, though. Very cool. I'm really looking forward to it. I assume it's just probably set up something to pay-per-view, and, and we're running out of time, so they probably have to get there quick. But either way, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so then we had... Uh, Hobbs was backstage with Tony Schiavone. And uh, so then... Um, What's-his-name comes out? QT Marshall immediately breaking up the... Very very uh, old AEW stuff, where a guy just com- immediately interrupted during their promo. Um, I don't really even remember what happened there. He just came. I have my notes here. Let's see here. Oh yeah, so QT had like these gifts for uh, Hobbs. I really wish they just have Hobbs turn turn face and that was the end of it. I don't like them trying QT trying to get him back. Just, like, just use their face, and that's it now. Uh, so he gave like, a bunch of gold chains, which I thought was almost racist, really. Like, like he just wants these, I don't know, like he's Mr. T or something. And uh, then he said, and I'll, I'll help you get your biggest victory ever at All Out in Chicago. So it's so weird that All In and All Out are a week apart, so they got to, it. like, build two pay-per-views at once, basically. But never really went into... Uh, any type of like detail what this meant, but he just walked away. So I, I don't know. Was was well, this wasn't great? Uh, Jay White versus Grand Metalik. Now this was uh, not quite a squash, but basically a squash, but not a squash. It was fairly competitive, but it was like Grand Metalik isn't uh, like a job guy, but he's not a guy that's going to beat it, someone important. Fine to me. I like Jay White, but. They're really getting into a dangerous um, territory here. The last couple of weeks on collision, they're really going down some WCW nitro territory here where they're starting to establish that all the luchadors are job guys for like the quote-unquote real wrestlers. I mean, Serpentico, sure. Uh, Gravity last week, okay. Grand Metal League, I don't know. Every time now we see a mass lucha guy, they're just a job, dude. I don't know if that's the, the really the route you want to go. Um, Let's see here. Uh, oh, and the guns uh, joined on commentary. That was fun. Jim Ross comes out. That was very cool to see. Good old JR. It's good to see him doing well after, you know, last time he's not and he had the black eye and stuff. So, And if you're going to use him sparingly, I think it's a right way to do it in main events. Because if it's a match, especially if it's a match he's into, he can add drama, and it makes him seem important. Ricky Steamboat came out. I really like this. Ricky Steamboat came out, shook hands of uh, Rick Abani and Nigel and Jim Rossman for the handshake. But Ricky went around the table. He's like, no, no, a hug. And I really had the feeling all week, that, like, you know, Ricky Steamboat, he's the, you know, perennial babyface. Good guy. Calls it right down the middle. You have him ref, he's, no shenanigans, shenanigans are going to happen. I was like, aha, Ricky Steamboat's turning heel. But no, he call it right down the middle, which honestly it was nice to see. Dueling chance for both guys. Um, That's cool. That makes for fun television to me. Uh, Punk's involved in multiple feuds. You got him and Starks. You got the... Joe's calling him out. You've got um, the trio's title next week. And then looming around is MJF, who's the real world champion. Some people might say this is bad. I like it. I like it because it, Punk is an important guy in the show. Everyone should, you know, he should be involved in in, in big stuff and also – other people should want to take him out because you'd want to take out your t- the, the top guy. So I, I like all this stuff. Keep stuff interesting because you don't know uh, where the matches are going, who's going to, you know, what sets up for what. I, I like it. Uh, plus, it's also you have the built-in excuse like Punk, where is Punk's mind in this because he's also worried about Joe. And he's worried about MJF and the trios belts and all this stuff. Uh, nice shout-out to Mongo. That was nice. Um, some nice jabs. I thought by punk, uh, cool series of moves, a lot of stuff that we've seen, you know, the punk stuff, which I like the different, you know, the neck breakers and all this stuff. Uh, the fans really started to boo, uh, punk at one point. And I just really think this is where I thought I wrote in my notes. Like, just, just go heal with punk. I mean, he's my favorite, but I don't know. Um, we'll have to see if, uh, this, Turns the crowd or not, but if they keep booing every week, if there's more boos than cheers every week, if it's mixed, it's always going to be mixed. But if it's more boos every week, um, I just say have him. Uh, he's fun when he when he uh, calls it out and starts attacking the, the crowd or whatever. Just run with it. Um. Uh, so I was going to go for like the Macho Man elbow. You look cool, uh, Punk. Stand on the top rope. Uh, Starks get up and he went for the body, body block, but that was, it was kind of botchy. Like went a little high, a little over him. I think over Starks, not a big deal, but, uh, but he botched it. And then it was funny. Cause Jim Ross goes, "That looked bad for both guys. And I'm like, come on Jr. We know it did, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're supposed to, I know you're uh, you're a commentator, but I don't know if you're supposed to just call it stuff looking bad. Uh, Punk drops a knee pad, uh, and he went to like, do the running knee in the corner, but he was caught by Starks in a re- pretty sweet powerbomb. Fans really into this, thinking that might have been the end. Um, Punk, great kick to the head. Honestly, that was probably a better kick than like the kicks we saw in the fake MMA match with uh, Rousey. Uh, that, that we start to get the, uh, this is awesome champ. Um, Punk goes for the pile driver, gets reversed in the Alabama slam by Starks. Uh, in the melee, Starks knocks the ref out, you know, in, inadvertently. set outside of the ring, you know, watching. It was a little odd because Starks goes for the pin even though there is no referee there, and he puts his feet up on the ropes, and uh, Ricky Steamboat, like, throws him off. So he's like, oh, I'm the good guy. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then uh, Punk rolls up Starks, and uh, Ricky dives in there and, and counts three with the roll up. And then Starks just is shocked and pissed. He's like, "I can't believe Ricky Steamboat! What are you doing? You're breaking up the you're breaking up my feet on the ropes." And um, Starks attacks Steamboat. So he hits, uh, hits, he smashes Steamboat. Punk gets in there. He throws him out of the ring. Takes he, Starks takes the belt off old, the old dragon, old man Steamboat, and starts whipping the old man. Punk keeps trying to get in there, and he's breaking him out, and he finally gets in with the chair and breaks it up. This was great, and they stuck with it, which is important. I, I remember in early AEW days, I'd always talk about, like a guy would win a title or do a cool angle. They'd immediately cut backstage or cut to a break or cut to the next match, and uh, you want that, you want that, a minute to for the, to soak in what's just happened. Soak in that this is the legend who got beat down by this dastardly young guy who's an asshole. This is good stuff. You suck, Chance. Maybe this will be the stuff that uh, will get Punk cheered by the majority of the fans. But again, if it doesn't, just run with it because Punk's a great heel and it'll be good for TV too either way. Uh, and then uh, Jim Ross says he's uh, getting lashed like an animal. Jim Ross, oh, he's a very—he is uh, very violent towards animals. I don't know if he is, but he brings all his uh, sayings, like you know, beat like a government, you mule lashing him like an animal, rabid like a wild coon. I don't know what's with Jim Ross. Like he's just like he likes—I don't know if he likes it, but maybe he grew up where animals were beat all the time. But it's it's weird, man. Uh, Jim Ross is invited back and, uh, big, uh, big stuff for coming up on dynamite, uh, the Hardy boys versus uh, the young bucks, it's big stuff on uh, collision. So next week, uh, I think we'll probably be able some loaded shows leading into all in and all out, which is very exciting. Uh really great show. So a great night of wrestling, SummerSlam and collision, um, probably other stuff. I don't know, but two big shows. That was, what, like six hours of wrestling? And I watched it all at a good time. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Let's see here. So, like I said, this this one's going to stay up live. Uh, for, I normally put these on uh, for the Headyverse members. This one I'm going to keep up. It'll be uh, a free one for you guys. And... Uh, Big shout out to our Headyverse members. We got Travis Sandow, Craig Jolly, Stephen Butler, Raider Dre. Then we got Hall of Famers, Stephen Simmons, Simply Ravishing, Mikey B, Vic Shavoni, Brian Clutter, Daddy Pool on YouTube, Double Guns, The Geek Getaway, and Tech Dingoes. And of course, we could not do this show without our producers Bruce Cirque and El Santos World. So if you would like to help out and help uh, help the channel and help uh, in your head, uh, please uh, join the group. The join become a member here. It starts only three bucks. You get all different perks. Check those out. Also, iydressing.com your and yourheadonline.com are both back up and running. So go over there and join them. The websites, they were down for almost a year now, and they are back up and running. So help out, go over there, listen to the show, subscribe on Spotify or YouTube. Those are the two main places, but wherever you get your uh, podcast will work. All right. I'm going to head out. Thank you guys. Oh, let me see. I don't think it's. Pro- I did the show uh, without real notice and uh, in the middle of the night, so I doubt anyone sent in questions, but. Let me check. No, they did not. But yeah, I don't normally do this late, but I had to watch the shows back-to-back. I usually do it right after uh, Collision. Oh, let's see. Next week, I probably will not do a Jackie Jones show after Collision. I'll try to do one sometime during the week. I'm going to be doing, uh, next week will be Saturday Night Frights over and Without Your Head. So we're going to show a horror film, Bathtub Shark Attack there so it'll be a live movie, full-length feature film, and then a live Q&A after. That'll be a good time, so join me for that. And uh, I'll be going away at the end of this month. I'm going to uh, set up. I'll try to do some shows here and there if possible. If not, I'll be back in like uh, a week and a half, and things will return to normal. All right, guys. Uh, join us live Tuesday for In Your Head Wrestling Radio. Me and Incher will be back to talk all about the wrestling. All right. So until then, this is Jackie Jones. This is In Your Head. This is The Jackie Jones Show. Help, support, In Your Head. Join the Headyverse. Subscribe. Hit the icon, not this icon, the little bell icon. And share this out to all your friends. Andre the Giant Andre was big, yeah, yeah, yeah It was not small No 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 Andre could drink And he could fight Drink, drink, drink and a fight 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 Andre was big Yeah, yeah, yeah it was not small No 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 Andre could drink And he could fight Drink, drink, drink and a fight fight fight, fight. Andre the Giant. Andre was big, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not small, no, no, no. Andre was great. He was not bad. A great big heart and a great big man. Andre was big, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not small, no, no, no. Andre could and he could fight, drink, drink, and fight, fight, fight. Stray the Giants From Grenoble, France